Welcome to the Keel Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we have a lot to dive into. There's patch notes, there's new adventures, there's information that you need to know about. So sit back, relax. Let's get into it. But before I get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons. They are the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast, just like you can if you like this content and want to support making it for you. I'm the one that produces. I record everything. The software and everything has costs and all of that is all taken care of by the patrons. So thank you to People's Republic, LQ, Falls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy SRQ, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Regis Stella, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Norwegian, Skamelt666, who has been supporting over on Twitch as well. Thank you for the nine months. I appreciate it. And I do remember that. Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, Tian Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Hegerow, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. Before I forget, I want to thank Godhammer6, who is our latest patron. And just to give you guys all a warning, too, this is going to go into the adventure. So I forgot to give a spoiler warning while I was recording. I just want to make sure you all know there's going to be spoils, spoilers in this episode for the adventure. So if you haven't played it, hold on. We'll come back later on at the uh, uh, when you've done it at, towards the end of the episode. I talk about everything else before the the uh, the adventure section of it. So, if you want to get all the news, all the time sensitive stuff, that's all going to be in the first chunk of the episode, and then the adventures when it's getting into the spoiler stuff. So, just want to give everyone a heads up before you get into this. First up on today's docket, let's dive into the information that is time sensitive. We're going to be talking about the new Twitch drops that are going on over at Sea of Thieves. These are things that uh, you want to know about because they're starting up on the 27th of January. So if you head over to uh, Twitch and you log in with your account and you get everything connected, you can get some of the new Eastern Winds Sapphire set from the 27th of January to the 30th of January. Uh, this is going to be four items and it's going to be one hour per item so make sure that you go you get your automatic uh claimers you get your uh favorite sea of thieves partners set up and you get your hours in four hours during that weekend to make sure that you're getting the eastern winds sapphire figurehead the cannons the capstan and the tankard and if you didn't know if you've been looking for the weapons or you've been wondering where those are those are actually in the weapon shop head over to the weapon shop and buy them in there so make sure that you all uh, are aware of this that you are paying attention to this again the 27th 
through the 30th. Also, if you didn't know, um, there's also a really nice, uh, the, the factions, right? The, the, the Sea of Thieves, um, Battle for Sea of Thieves music, the Factions of Fate is now available on all streaming platforms that have uh, access to music and stuff like that. So Apple Music, Spotify, all those. Uh, you can now listen to that song that happens when you dive and you rise up and you go into a battle and it's like, da, 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 da. it's a fantastic song. Uh, shout out to the to the music team over there, Chloe and uh, Robin, and of course, all the, the other engineers and stuff who are putting that kind of music together. And little side note, since we're talking about music, uh, I played through the the latest adventure. Well, I'll, I'll be getting into that later in this episode. I was uh, listening to the music while actually playing through the adventure because I was just solo, just kind of absor- absorbing it all. Man, it is really nice music. It is. It's just beautiful. It's very serene. The, even the music that they use is like little cues on where to go or like if you're in the right spot for the constellations. It just feels really nice. And uh, I, I got to say, like, Sea of Thieves has some of the best water and some of the best music. Like those two things, hands down, are some of the best things I've I've gotten in games. You know, it's 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 on the level that I I expect from like a Spider-Man game or a God of War game. You know, those really big AAA games with like the full orchestra and stuff like that. I see these up there with with that that type of music, man. I just I really love it. It's so good, and it really evokes a lot of emotion too. When I'm sitting there listening to it, I'm just like. Oh, I feel so good for these characters, or I feel like we've really gotten into uh, a good engagement. We're going to get into a fight. It's going to be amazing. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I, I just uh, anyway, it's it's all on Spotify. It's all on Apple Music and Google Music and Amazon Music and Tidal or whatever, you know, whatever you're using for music. Chances are it's probably there. Go check it out. Next up on today's docket, let's talk about the patch notes. We're going to dive into Battle for the Sea of Thieves. We're going to be talking about the changes that just came to PvP so that you guys can understand what you to what to expect if you haven't already read through the patch notes. So, to begin, same faction battles are now implemented. Improvements to the matchmaking now allow players the opportunity to battle against other crews from the same faction in a battle for honor. These improvements will reduce matchmaking times for all pirates seeking battle. This is helping to make sure that you are getting into a fight sooner rather than later. Cross stamp battles have not been implemented yet. This was something that they were intending for the January release. They noticed that there was a critical error and they pulled it so that it wouldn't impact the gameplay. So you can now matchmake against both uh, the same faction and the opposing faction. It will default to your rival faction. But after a while, if you haven't seen any kind of uh, fight pop up, then it will start searching for crews that include those of the same faction. These battles for honor within a faction will play out in exactly the same way as a traditional battle with allegiance, hourglass values, and streaks all continue to be earned. Most commendations and captain milestones will also continue to progress, omitting those specifically involving the opposing faction. The interesting thing here is that I saw some uh, discussions about um, people were upset that, that this didn't make sense as a lore reason. 
As someone who has been playing Destiny 2 for quite a while, um, I can tell you that in Crucible, you are fighting against other Guardians. It is a trials. It is a, a uh, sparring match. You're doing something to improve your battles uh, or improve your, your abilities so that you can um, better hone in your skill as a, uh, as a killer, I guess, or as a Guardian in this case. Sea of Thieves is no different. There's no reason why people haven't been out there, gotten two ships, come together, fought together, and shook hands afterwards. It's a it's a, a sparring match. It's a, a uh, testing your metal. You're basically playing for fun. And you're sinking another crew. What is a, a, a the you know, they'll come back from the ferry. The ship will get remade by the merfolk. It's nothing to be wasted. Um, you're still able to uh, turn in your flag for them and show who has uh, who, who has more prowess out in the field. And I don't really see it too much of as an, as an issue. So I, I, I understand like the idea is, is like we're all pirates and we're all sinking each other and stuff. But there's also a way to train without necessarily having to go up against the other faction as well, too additionally there's going to be more battle locations so two crews traveling beneath the waves and resurfacing to fight will now find around 50 new battle locations have been added across the seas where an encounter can take place which means that those defending have uh, more areas that they will be um, subject to when it comes to uh, getting uh, uh, attacked from an invading ship. Many of these new locations will be on a uh, will only be a stone's throw away from a nearby outpost, allowing the victors an opportunity to leave their fa faction and claim their hourglass value or restock before diving back beneath the waves. Something I know a lot of folks. We're really uh, kind of talking about, you know, how long it takes to get to an outpost to be able to turn in your hourglass or uh, get more supplies, things like that. Um, the allegiance balancing crews who are defeated in a faction battle will now receive a slight increase to their allegiance as compensation for their lost uh, loss. So essentially, if you're losing, you're still going to get a little bit more than you normally would in allegiance. So it, it doesn't really harm quite as much it doesn't take as uh, many losses to to kind of progress your way through um the pvp thing crews that are fighting for the servants of flame and flying a reaper's emissary flag will now earn increased reputation for the reaper's bones when winning a battle so this is one of those situations where this doesn't affect the allegiance it doesn't affect uh, the gold that you make off of it. It is purely increased reputation for the Reaper's Bones. And I, I don't know what brought this on. This was a very interesting change to me. I'm not really uh, upset with it. I'm 75 with Reaper, so it doesn't really impact me. But this will hopefully make it a little bit easier um, compared to the folks that were running around as Reaper Fives, uh, gathering a bunch of treasure and turning it all in. For those that are looking to actually PvP as the PvP faction, you're not going to be able to earn reputation a little bit faster. Uh, remember, there was a, a huge kerfuffle when, when the reputations first came out and people were just blasting through all the levels um that should this should hopefully help kind of make that a little bit easier if you're just looking to pvp crews who lose by being run out of the battle area will now receive a small amount of allegiance as compensation for their loss this was something that where if you were running out of the battlefield or if your ship had been taken over and you were getting spawn camped and they had sailed your ship out of the battle area, you didn't get any kind of allegiance for that. And it was a really bummer way to actually lose. Now that's being taken into consideration. So even if you get run out of battle 
um, either by choice or, or uh, on purpose, I guess, um, you will now get some sort of compensation. In rare circumstances, crews may actually find that they're not moved away from a server after sinking while in a faction. In this scenario, crews will no longer receive allegiance for repeatedly sinking the same ship in a server, preventing opportunities for crews to progress faster than intended. Um, they also went in to try and address uh, the Alliance servers um, and, and just kind of third partying a battle, uh, which can be something that you see a fair amount of time. Uh, there's been improvements that have been made to the matchmaking rules to reduce the chances of crews encountering a battle with multiple opposing ships. Crews who discover two faction ships in a battle will no longer be awarded with allegiance, streak increase, or hourglass value for joining the fight and sinking the faction ships as they are not part of the battle. They're really trying to uh, make sure that Alliance servers can't just body people uh, by having a full server on uh, in, in an area and then have one person activate the hourglass, defend, wait for an invade, and then swarm them. And I love that. I think it's great because it's, it's an unfair advantage that uh, the defender has. Um, also, it's it's kind of a, a thing that's just like, hey, you know, if you see some people sinking, you can go and you can mess with them, but you're not going to be guaranteed any allegiance or streak increase or hourglass value. You're purely going to earn whatever you can off of the ship that um, was sunk. If they had anything, if they didn't, it, it's it's based on that. So it would actually probably um, behoove you, I guess, to try and sink the one that's actually defending uh, and then try and sink the one that was invading first. So that way you can get the loot, but it's it's going to be hard to see because it, it's not going to give you any kind of benefits to the battle for Sea of Thieves the way it used to. And they're really just trying to crack down on the Alliance servers. They understand that that's a pain point for a lot of folks who feel it's unfair that they dive, they emerge, and when they emerge, they're surrounded by a bunch of other ships. And that's not what they signed up for. They signed up for a 1v1. And it's it's weird because it's, a, it, it's Sea of Thieves, right? Like anything's possible. So they're just trying to deter it as opposed to stop it. Um, and then they did put it did put an update in this uh, saying that the cross stamp matchmaking was something that was announced that I just talked about in the CFE's news. Um, the critical issue was uncovered during the final stages of testing and to ensure stability of the matchmaking as it stands. They've pulled this feature from today's release and will deliver it following further testing when they can implement it with greater confidence. All things that I think are really great. I think it's fantastic that they're continuing to iterate, balance, uh, take away things from from fights that are going to really kind of uh, impact the the fairness of, of the fight, right? Because that's kind of what they're looking to do. They're looking to try and make it as fair of a fight as possible. And with that, there's actually a few things that they ended up fixing too. Um, so let me take it, let, let's do a little break and then I wanna jump into the fixed issues. So coming back to the patch notes, let's talk about the fixed issues. These are all things that, that they've tested, that they've implemented fixes for. If you're still finding that some of these are broken, please take note of it. Make sure that you put in a, a support ticket, letting them know, uh, go into the forums and let them know that there's a bug. So that way they can take another look at it and see if there were any parameters that weren't covered when they put in this initial fix. So for gameplay, they said treasure can no longer be used around the ship to reduce the damage taken from cannon fire. 
Treasure held by a player will no longer float in the air uh, after being harpooned. Pirates will no longer be able to shoot through the wall underneath the stairs on the sloop and damage players outside the ship. So you're no longer going to be able to use the stairs that are on the on the sloop as a way to kind of shoot at people and damage them without being able to be attacked because you can't shoot through the stairs uh, from the shooting down into the stairs as I understand it. Uh, the treasure no longer being used around the ship to reduce the damage uh, taken from cannon fire. That is the quote unquote turkey wall or just the wall that people have been using. And this definitely goes into the uh, exploit um, side of things like they're saying like hey this is an exploit it's not intended and many much like many other things that have been taken out of the game that were discovered this is not a tools for tools uh uh our rule or no um I, I can't even tools not rules i don't know why i was hanging up on that so hard uh this is not one of those tools not rules scenarios this is one of those we didn't program the the thing to take to do that so we're making sure that that is something that is is not happening because it wasn't initially intended when we designed it uh treasure collected from wrecks within the sunken graveyard during the legend of the veil vale voyage should no longer disappear from the cruise ship after finishing the voyage which means folks were actually losing loot when they finished the legend of the veil vale voyage when they had a sunken graveyard and this was actually a bug that had originated when people were learning how to throw down a voyage uh find out where the sunken graveyard part of the mission was uh cancel the voyage throw up another one and repeat that process until they got a whole bunch of treasure that would just be floating out in the loot or uh, out in the ocean over where the shipwreck uh graveyard was and then go scoop it up and turn it all in so this is uh, uh, an unintended bug that came as a result of the fix that they put in for that hopefully people aren't losing any more uh treasure as a result of finishing up the legend of the veil vale voyage storage crates acquired from skeleton ships can now be buried weird thing that they didn't intend there cannonball crates of the damned released when completing order of the souls ghost ship voyages will now only reward one single wraith ball so wraith balls very very powerful they can do a lot of damage it's kind of like a uh, a portable keg that you can hit someone with uh the cannonballs uh that that come from the voyages for the ghost ship voyages now only going to have one wraith ball it's going to make a little a, a lot harder for those that haven't gotten that commendation but it's going to make things a lot safer or a lot more uh a lot less one-sided on uh the battle for the sea of thieves thing so that's that's kind of what they were doing there uh athena's fortune artifacts found during the legend of the veil vale voyage will now progress the hider of the legendary secrets commendation when buried so that was uh one of the updates where we got burying the legend of the veil vale voyages was not something that they had taken into account so you had to go and bury old legend or old pirate legend stuff to be able to get that stuff to actually count towards the hider of legendary secrets they fixed that now you can use the artifacts found during the legend of veil uh, voyage which is a lot easier to do if you're trying to get that commendation um, animals will now take damage when caught in the blast of cannon fire explosions and blunder bombs as they should Ships can no longer be attacked by a kraken while traversing the tunnels of the damned, which is nice to hear. That was a weird bug that happened. I didn't think they had accounted for that because your ship doesn't really your ship doesn't really go anywhere when it, when it dives. You dive, you black screen, and then you're in a you're in the quote unquote tunnels of the damned, uh, and um, 
Yeah, that's, uh, or, or I guess, sorry, when you go through a portal, um, that was one of those weird things where it's like, you're not really going anywhere, but the Kraken can still spawn. So yeah, it, it's, it's funny. Um, shadow skeletons in the Fort of the Damned will now be instantly stunned if they emerge into an area with the correct type of lighting, which they didn't. If players shoot through a broken rum crate and hit a gunpowder keg, the keg will now explode as intended. This feels like some stuff like like Larry Bird and them used to do um, back in the day when they're like throwing the basketball and it has to like hit the hit the trash can, hit the backboard, bounce off the rim, you know, do a loop to loop and then fall in the hole. Like it was like those trick shots. This this feels like one of those weird fixes. Uh, let's see. Moving on. The old Brins, uh, Brinestone Fortress store, store. Wow, let me try this again. Slow down, geez, Logan. The old Brinestone Fortress storeroom key. So, hope you guys all got that. Will no longer be present in the lock after the fort has cleared, allowing crews to gain access again in the future. Which it was an issue if you were trying to get in there and you stuck around and then you left and came back. It would still be stuck in there and it wouldn't work. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Let's dive into the Battle for the Sea of Thieves notes on this, because these were fixes that came in as well. Ships that become beached and subsequently destroyed during the battle for, or during a battle, will now cause that crew to lose the encounter. That's really weird. I've never seen anyone beach a ship uh, during the Battle for Sea of Thieves. Crews should no longer experience the rare scenario where they surface for battle, only to find another battle already taking place. That's kind of funny. Uh, the Ghost Lord commendation is now unlocked when meeting the requirements uh, needed. Um, there's been a bunch of changes to all of the different commendations. So there's been things where like one has been removed and the rewards for that have now been put on, on other commendations. There's a good chance that um, you might not have noticed or remember what those were. So probably don't worry about it. Uh, the proven your worth commendation has now been removed and that's that's what i'm talking about so if you if you were hunting for that one it's now the the rewards for that have now been put onto other commendations uh the commendations entitled risk it all favor his favorite crew in his name running the risk exemplary captain and uh, pretty good at this will now all progress for captains and crewmates alike when sailing on a captain ship so those that was something that was not happening people were not getting credit uh so that should now be the same across uh all all crew members um if a cruise ship is lost during uh due to becoming beached on land the ship will now retain its faction status which is kind of nice uh, quickly rotating the hourglass of fate and joining a faction should now consistently display the correct faction alignment. I don't know why folks were doing that. It's a weird bug. It was fixed. Um, crew members leaving during the blessing of Athena, Fortune, or Ritual of the Flame cutscenes should no longer cause the cutscene to end, which is nice because that's, you know, it's something that people want to watch. Um, though, from what I understand, you can actually like redo it. So I'm, I, I don't think that was too big an issue it was just a weird bug let's see here um there was a bunch of changes to the pirate emporium soaring oracle wheel stuff uh that should now actually be a lot nicer it's just weird cosmetic things or not being able to to do stuff with it um captains of adventure let's talk about that captains ships with a larger number of captain voyages in the bookcase should no longer experience issues when purchasing ship supplies so if you had 
problems buying ship supplies and you're wondering why sounds like it was due to the number of voyages in the bookcase completing a commission of the ancient veil now updates the milestone for a veteran voyager players can now fit, flip through the pages of the ruined logbook after the ship is sinking the captain's logbook interaction prompts uh, now disappears uh, when a crew member picks up their own logbook from a wreck, their gamer tag icon will now show that treasure is being carried. Captains uh, changing a ship banner should now see the new banner after leaving the ship customization chest. There was also a bunch of stuff that uh, was done as far as like the environment, uh, as well as user interface, uh, visual and audio stuff. Um, pirates will no longer appear tiny if they emerge from a rowboat cannon when returning to the ship via mermaid. Uh, the ghost curse will now appear consistently when equipped by pirates of all body types. Uh, the scooping audio will no longer play when using a bucket on a dry deck or island. Um, and let's see what else there was a that was pretty much it for most of the the actual things uh, performance and stability improvements have been made to reduce scenarios where players can experience extended black screen loading times when using a mermaid or returning from the ferry the damned that is something i experienced not really fun i did not enjoy listening for two minutes while uh waiting for to find out if my crew is actually going to survive a fight um, reduced instances where players are being disconnected from their session while traveling through the underwater tunnels. Uh, Ube, Ubi, Ubi Beard Air. I'm not sure how to say that. U Ubi Bear, or U I'm not even going to try anymore. <laughs> Stupid name. Uh, air message should no longer appear after rapidly changing tabs within the crew selection screen when setting up a session. If you're doing that and you're getting that Beard Air, stop. What are you doing? Improve server stability to decrease the chances of players becoming disconnected from their session. Yay! Improved client stability when interacting with the captain's logbook while playing on Xbox One. If you're out there and you're still playing on Xbox One, I want to talk to you. I want to know what that life is like. As always, the known issues, the ones that are always going to be around um, while they continue to work on that. Reduced server performance and ranged and melee weapon hit detection. I don't think anything's new there. All in all, I would say that this is a pretty darn good update. They went and addressed a bunch of stuff. They've worked hard to try and fix a lot of the issues that were going on with the Battle of the Sea of Thieves, things that were coming up that people were uh, coming up with with things they can do to try and um, change their uh, change their their chances of winning. You know, getting like uh, the 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 wraith balls or using uh, the crates to, to block shots. Um, there's still the the question about whether or not eating a chain shot to prevent da uh, mass damage um, is something that I think people uh, should be addressed because I, I am very curious what Rare thinks of that. You know, it's it is a risk to jump up and try and hit a get hit by a chain shot. You know, you're going to take 50 percent damage and risk uh, getting knocked off your ship, which I admit is definitely a, a good balance as far as like you know if you're going to hit with a chain shot i still don't really believe that a chain shot should only do 50 percent damage though um if they knocked if they took the knock back off and uh, just made it a one ball like a normal cannon um i think that that would probably be fine for me but i don't know chain shots are, are powerful as is it's just one of those one of those things where they're gonna have to decide on that one 
and that's that's their call um into some of the updates if you guys didn't know uh actually let me take a quick break we'll come back i'm gonna get a drink and then uh we'll talk about some of the updates and things that came to the game beyond just fixes Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two vip books or use the affiliate link for green man gaming if you're a pc gamer you'd like to save money on games it's one of the benefit of being a pc gamer head over to green man gaming you can get codes for steam epic any of the different stores that they have deals going on they have deals going on all the time and if you plan on buying there please consider using our affiliate link all of that goes straight to me through the network thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast it means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show all right let's talk about some of the things that came to the game um and some updates uh if you guys are fans of the barnacle set Maybe you didn't get it right away. You've been holding on to it. You've only got one set that you can buy right now that uh, if you didn't get the original Barnacle set will kind of give you the the same look just with a different uh, coloring style. The Bristling Barnacle Cosmetics are now an additional Barnacle set that you can pick up now. Uh, show off your love for the sea with the new Bristling Barnacle clothing pieces, ship set, weapons, and equipment. All can be purchased for gold from the appropriate shopkeeps. You can also pick up the Wailing Barnacle hairstyles. Uh, new hairstyles for this old favorite set are now available for purchase for gold from the Outpost clothing shops. Uh, one of the updates that came in that is really beautiful, I love it, storage crates have been reduced in price and can now be purchased from the Merchant Alliance for 5,000 gold instead of the original 17,500 gold. That is a huge, huge discount. I think they realized that uh, many people were buying them, and it was a, a it was a something that a lot of folks wanted to be able to get, but maybe their gold just wasn't good enough. Maybe that they've been buying a bunch of stuff, and Sea Thieves has kind of had a nice equilibrium with uh, the gold balance and the renewable supplies and stuff, thanks to the Battle of Sea of Thieves. So. We'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm kind of interested to see like if this was a positive change for the economy of Sea of Thieves or if it's just one of those things where it's like, eh, they just wanted to be nice. You never know. There was some new stuff that came to the Emporium. Uh, there was all of this labyrinth stuff. There's a labyrinth looter costume, which I just picked up because it's fantastic looking. Uh, there are now ore-inspired emotes bundles that are great. There's a pocket pebble, which if that doesn't make sense, it's it's a pet rock. You can now have a rock with a smiley face as, a, as an emote. And there is a free quote-unquote come, oh, come on 
emote to kind of beckon pirates over uh, that is now free. So make sure you guys are going in to the Pirate Emporium. You're getting your free emote. Um, additionally, the time-limited Lunar Festival pet uh, uh, outfits are now available again for a limited time. They're back on sale. So if you wanted to celebrate the Year of the Rabbit, you can do so in style with the time-limited Lunar Festival pet outfits. Um, we don't have bunnies in Sea of Thieves. Maybe that's next on the list. Instead of owls, let's get bunnies. And also, if you're looking to pick up the Labyrinth stuff, uh, you can do so by picking up the Amazing Adventurer Bundle. Uh, this is available through the Microsoft Store or the Steam uh, Store as well. If you pick it up, you're also going to get the Weapon Bundle and the Drum, as well as 550 Ancient Coins and the 25,000 Gold. That's um, typically about 15 bucks American. If you got Game Pass, it's usually around that price um you get the discount with it so keep an eye out for that if you're looking to pick that up uh i think i just picked up the costume alone because i don't necessarily need everything else but i don't know i'm still debating on that because i usually get gold or not gold i usually get ancient coins from the uh microsoft rewards when they give you the 10 bucks every month um so that's usually that's usually what i do uh and i think that's it as far as stuff that's going on uh with the, the update let's get into pvp <laughs> Right now, if you don't know and you're playing on PC uh, or Xbox, uh, I wouldn't blame you. If you're playing on Xbox only servers with a controller, then this may have passed your purview and it may not even pertain to you pirates. But if you're playing on PC, then pirates probably have run into this and that's cheating. There has been a lot of tweets and uh, reddit clips of people using hacks um, not even just like you know doing something that's an exploit but just straight up using a cheat software to be able to uh, load yourself onto another cruise um, another cruise ladder and then get aboard with auto aim uh, they can instantly repair a, a ship mast so it doesn't matter and they can teleport themselves or kill themselves um, instantly if they need to and it's it's a real bummer because what's going on right now is is that they're essentially going into battle they're cheating and if they lose or they get banned they just uh, kill their account and then create a new one and then just uh, you know get a trial for game pass and they're back on and it's kind of annoying rare has a no tolerance policy for cheaters they will ip ban uh you from being able to play the game that means you can you know get around it by using a vpn and you'll have to get uh you know they'll probably have to do another round of bans and stuff like that but a lot of people have been bringing up something and i think I, it's worth talking about here and that is uh battle eye or some sort of anti-cheat system. Um, I'm surprised that we don't have this. I see this in Destiny. Every time I go to boot up Destiny, um, I have the Windows version just because I don't use Steam that much and I can have the, the credit transfer between my Microsoft account. So I usually go Windows for a lot of my PC purchases. Um, and right now, every time I launch Destiny 2, it has to install or authenticate uh, BattleEye, which is an anti-cheat software. There's a few out there that, that can be used and stuff like that. And the question comes in, um, why doesn't Rare implement something like this? And it's it's tough to, to ask because it's, it's something that I think would help out a lot. I think it would help make sure that PC players feel like they're getting a fair engagement and that people aren't uh, hacking the code. 
this kind of falls in line with people that were changing uh, the the actual like FOV on the Steam client to be able to get a wider view on their on their uh, screen so they could actually you know be able to to see people coming around the corner or you know what have you. Um, but this is even deeper. This is like in software that is augmenting the game and giving players tools that are are not tools that are made available in the game naturally. So I hate this. I think it's stupid. I think the people that do this have no life. And that's why they're doing it, because they're willing to take the time to learn how to, you know, install sheet software to augment it to whatever they need to do and to go and just try and stop other people from having fun. Why? Because that's what they enjoy. And it sucks because it's it's not a fair way to play the game and they don't have the skill to be able to do the, to to be able to play that way without having those crutches. And it's it's a shame because. If they just played the game, then they would get better. And if they didn't get better, then that was where they were at. And they're not happy with that. They're not happy with themselves. And unfortunately, that's what causes a lot of people to cheat because they think it's fun because they don't care. They don't care about the integrity of the game. And honestly, I hope all of them get an opportunity to really have just a solid moment in their life where they can feel like, are they actually doing the thing that is probably the best thing to be doing? Are they being a good human being because right now they're trash and I don't care for them. They can all quit the game and I don't care. Um, but the question still remains, what happens to rare? What does rare have to do? And right now rare is having to be reactive and it would be great if there is a way for rare to be able to implement an anti-cheat software, I would happily install it. I have no problem with that. Um, and it's, it makes me wonder like, is that something that's possible for sea of thieves? Can they do something like that? Can they prevent other programs for doing any or for being able to access the game code to be able to change or give tools that are not available naturally? And if that's the case, I say, why not get it in? Why not take take in uh, the uh, the time? This is something that I think if they're going to allow PC players to play the game and they're going to focus on PvP uh, experiences, they have to take it full on. They have to really commit to it. If they're gonna commit to hit registration and server stability, if they're gonna work on, uh, um, what's it called? Projectile versus, uh, um, oh, I can't remember what it's, hit scan, that's it. If they're gonna decide whether or not they're gonna go with hit scan or projectile based uh, combat with the, with the guns, they're really going to have to address cheaters because if you hit scan and you have a cheat that just, you know, instantly targets anyone, then a, a blunderbuss is going to one hit kill from halfway across the sea if they want. Like that's just a code that they'll, you know, that's just how they're going to be able to do it. So hit scan has a, is really concerning because right now everything's projectile based, which means they still have to be within the and, and I don't know if this is the case or not, but I don't know if they can edit this, but they still have to be within shot distance to be able to kill someone so i don't know i i've yet to be seen or have yet to see stuff like that we're getting into the world where people are spawning kegs and dropping them on and they're just flying around dropping them on ships that was something that happened a while back i didn't address because it seemed like kind of a one-off but it's getting to the point now where rare is aware of it i'm sure they are probably talking about what to do about it and they're probably looking to address those kind of things um, because it's not what they want. I don't think it's what any developer studio wants to have to deal with. But the question comes in, how do they uh, uh, deal with it in a proactive manner? Because right now, the reactionary stuff to just ban accounts, 
is okay for most people who don't have the perseverance, but there are some extremely, I'm going to say there's some extremely sick people out there and those people need help outside of the game and they will continue to make accounts to install cheat uh, software to try and harass and harm other people's experience in the game, which is not only against Microsoft's uh, terms of service, but also Rare's terms of service. They they will get banned, but it's just it's not the end for them unless there's a way to just stop it from the get go. You you say at the door, hey, there's no an- there's no cheating allowed at the front door. If you walk through the front door and you cheat, we're going to kill your account instantly. Like you're just not going to, it's not even going to be out for, for debate. And that's kind of, I mean, I'm fine with that because I'm, I'm willing to walk through that door and I'm not worried about it. Um, and the people that want to cheat, they can go cheat. Yeah, Call of Duty does something interesting. They know that there are uh, people cheating and the people that are cheating, those people actually get matched up against each other. Isn't that a weird thing? Isn't that kind of crazy that they can actually recognize when people are cheating in their game and instead of putting those people in with other folks or banning their accounts, they let them fight other cheaters, other other people that are hacking. the. That's nuts to me. I think it's hilarious that, that I would love to see what that what that life is like. If people are like, I want to cheat because I don't have the skill to be able to win and I don't care and I'm going to do what I want. And then they come up against other people that are like that. And they're like, wait, no, this isn't fun. This isn't what I signed up for and see what they do. Maybe they actually un- uninstall the cheats and then they're really screwed because they're still getting put up against cheaters. Who knows? Um, that would be funny. I would love to see that. There's a difference between being a pirate and there's a difference between being a cheater. And I would much rather be an honorable pirate than a cheater. We got some happy news. We got some bummer news. Let's get back into happy news. I want to talk about Adventure 11, The Secret Wilds, because this was hands down one of the coolest experiences I've had. I've run it a couple times now. Each time that I run it, um, I'm I'm still kind of like in my mind, I'm still kind of like trying to parse out what all the, the mysterious stuff is. This adventure deals with Briggsy in the hunt for a cure for the skeleton curse that Tasha is experiencing. Um, and I really like it. I really thought they did a good job with this. So uh, there's to, to kind of break down what you have to do. You have to go and talk to Lorena. Lorena will send you to Plunder Outpost, regardless of wherever you spawn in, to talk to Madame Olivia, who's with Tasha. Tasha's curse has now progressed even further. It's now all of her left arm and her right hand, which is weird that it starts there. Like, it's kind of like... Of all the places it could start, it's there. It's not like, I don't know, your your left kneecap or something. It's always the arms for some reason. You touch and stuff. Stop touching stuff, people. Um, and then after that, you get the mask, Briggsy's mask, from <laughs> when we actually killed her skeleton. Uh, in the mask, Madame Olivia has been able to take the memories from Briggsy and put them into the mask, specifically the the glass eye, the, or not the glass eye, but the ruby eye, whatever the red gem is that's in there, uh, and tells you to go searching for uh, the, the more information about the cure. So Intasha gives you a book that was uh, stories told by Briggsy, um, that kind of her story about going on these dark constellation hunts right and uh it, it tells you a little bit of where to go so you're being, you're going to be going to three different islands with the mask the book and a, a, a little toy that she gave uh to tasha when she was a girl 
that is um, one fourth of an actual like compass. And I talked about the compass last episode. So if you're curious about that, head back to that one and uh, uh, listen to that episode. It was episode 258. Yeah, because it was last episode. Um, so you go out with the uh, knowledge of the book saying you're going to be going out to Crooked Masts, Old Faithful, and Marauder's Arch. One island I hate, one island I love, and one island I think is just kind of a cool one that I hope I never have to do the Skeleton Thrones for again. And um, going out to Crooked Masts was annoying. Uh, less so the, the last couple times I did because one, there's a, it's a little prettier now, um, but it's also, I didn't really notice too many things spawning on there. Like there's always the snakes, which suck. I don't know why there's so many snakes on Crooked Mass. You'd think Snake Isle would have more, uh, but I didn't get instantly bombarded by uh, skeleton captains or skeletons or uh, ghosts or phantoms. I didn't get uh, like ocean crawlers constantly spawning. Like it, it always seems to be those things are just dragging my experience down on Crooked Isles uh, or Crooked Masts. And um, being able to go there, hold up the mask and see that the world is changed was fascinating. Um, it feels very much like when you hold up the lantern and it augments the world, except this time you're actually holding it up to your face and, and it's kind of like uh, it's, it's essentially the same mechanic as an eye of reach scope if, if you take it into account. But they've they've instead of it being a gun you know, with ADS, uh, they've made it into a mask. And it was so brilliant. I really love this idea. And I'm glad that they moved forward with this because it allowed them to present things in the world that to anyone else would not be visible. Briggsy's not visible. The constellations aren't visible. Everything around you is hued in a, in a red and a little bit foggy. And I just really love that mechanic. That's a very smart mechanic. It's a way to kind of see through uh, the, the lens, you know, see through um, <laughs> red rose tinted glasses to see something that other people can't. Um, but be able to, to pierce through like the, the, the existence that you normally see to get experience and stuff that you don't. Um, I think one of the main issues that I had with this was there were times where I was like looking uh, for constellations. I'd get it. I'd get the story bit. Briggsy would show up as the memory and then phantoms would spawn skeletons would spawn ocean crawlers would spawn and instead of me staring there looking at the constellation and, and, and enjoying it and listening to the to the story to get information i was having to kill off stuff and get distracted and that's a little tough i don't know what it's like with uh, other crew members like how that is if everyone's kind of quiet sitting down like listening to the story or if they're kind of like talking over it or anything like that or if they're not even uh in the same area to be able to like to be able to actually um be present for that like i don't know what that's like so that experience is is a little outside of what i'm what i can speak to but i loved the different constellations there's nine total which i thought was really interesting there's three for each one there's two two keys that you have to dig up and the way they did this was really kind of unique uh you get the storybook from tasha she drew pictures and stuff and there's three islands that are are each one island and you have to look for the constellation and where you move is going to decide where the actual constellation lines up and you have to find the right spot so that you can see the little stars 
line up into the shape that they are drawn in the book. And when you do, it trickle, or trickles, it uh, triggers the, the story event and the memory of Briggsy appears and starts to tell you about the constellation. And then when you're done, you dig where you're sitting or where you're standing and you get the key. And you get two keys per island and then a chest. Um, so there's two constellations that you have to, to find. And they've done a very nice job of creating a music uh, or, or like, a, a, like a, a type of music that is in the area where you need to stand for the constellation. So if you're not sure how, how to figure it out, run around the island until you start hearing music. And when it gets at its apex, when it's the most uh, or when it's the loudest, that's where you can kind of look up with the mask and see like, okay, well, I, I can kind of work out the shape of this. Yeah, I can definitely see the bat now. Yeah, I can totally see the panther. Yeah, it's a spider for sure. And I like that. They've given you two different ways to kind of discern the area. You know, one is visual with the constellation and the second is audio with the music. And it's always a nice way to kind of reinforce that you're doing the right thing, right? So once you get two of the constellations, you'll get two keys out of that. It's a chalice and a crown. And then once you get um, that, you use the, the, the mask and the whole world spins. Well, I don't know if the world spins or the sky spins, but the stars move and they move very fast. And it reminds me of that scene from the um, oh no, Moon Knight. Uh, the, the show Moon Knight had something like this where uh, the god was like moving the sun or the, the you know, was, was changing time and the stars were rapidly spinning around the earth and everyone was freaking out. But it was a way that they could see like what the constellations were like at a specific time. To, it's a whole thing, but essentially the premise is the same. The stars move and you uh, have to work out what the next constellation is. Well, the constellation's in the book, so you just have to find the place. So you just run around until you hear the music. And then when you hear the music, you look up, you line up the constellation, and it tells you a little bit more of the story. And it was really kind of nice to get some of this story told audibly uh, as opposed to reading through journals. I think that was one of the biggest takeaways that I took with this adventure was is that memories and constellations were all audio done by Briggsy who was fantastic. I don't know who the voice actor is for Briggsy, but she is amazing. Um, she's got like, uh, I'm trying to think of, of the actress uh, who she reminds me of. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause and see if I can find out who it is because maybe then you guys will resonate with me on this. Okay, so I, I, I found out who the actress was that reminds me of this. It was Emma Thompson. Now, I, I don't know who does Briggsy. Really, I don't. Actually, I'm going to, I want to see, but I don't know if it'll actually have that kind of information, but I would love to find it. It would be great to find out who the actress is that does uh, Briggsy because she has got a fantastic voice, like seriously a fantastic voice one of the best voices uh, I've heard so I've been very very curious um, to know in it's funny because it sounds like Emma Thompson but I could totally see uh, Sissy Jones being the person that does that it's it's just one of those voices that I'm like God, that sounds really close but I have no clue who it is um, but I would love to find out too that would be that would be great if we could find out who does that um, but God, man, listening to her was was fantastic. And um, I mean, oh, you know what? It is here. It, oh, IMDb, IMDb coming to the rescue. It's Pandora Colin does the voice of Briggsy. 
She's in Chernobyl, The Lady in a Van, The Witcher 3, and Penny Dreadful. I know a couple of these. I still need to watch Chernobyl. That's a fantastic show. And it's actually the same showrunner who's doing The Last of Us right now. Oh, she was in World of Warcraft too. Sorry, I'm going down a... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down a, uh, a rabbit hole here, but uh, she has amazing Emma Thompson voice in my mind. Like every time I listen to her, I'm like, oh, just read me a story. I would sit down. If she's got kids, then she probably has like the best story times um, for her kids. I hope that they get that in their life if that's a thing, because I would I, I would feel like they're being they're being stole or there's a, a a joy being stolen away from them um i'm going on more tangents let's get back to what i was talking about okay so with the story that's being told here through the constellations we're being set up for what is going to be a visit to the sea of the damned um there is a a, a butterfly there is a bat there is a, a panther um a spider a fox uh, there's a whole bunch of iconography that is associating with uh, a bunch of different people that are all connected. And the main one really comes down to the prince who is trying to find a way to prove himself to his king, uh, his father, essentially. And the way to do so is through this sacred temple where uh, you have to go and there's a choice. You have to make a choice. You either. Um, and I think this was done really, really well because the the hourglass is the one that is being represented here for the wrong and the right the sands of fate going one way or the other uh making a decision within the temple because i think the hourglass is something that it's it's an icon that is uh closely associated with also the chalice uh, i think the chalice is something that might be referred to here where it's like the chalice for the reaper's bones um but there is a temple in the Sea of the Damned, and it is uh, where the ancients are going to be because the ancients are memories that come to life. They were apparently a, 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 a group of people. They all traveled to the Sea of the Damned because they found paradise. They found utopia, right? And it was really just their memories uh, or their dreams kind of coming to life, the power that Sea of Thieves or the Sea of the Damned has. Um, and that's where all the ancients had gone. So this uh this temple is somewhere in the sea of the damned and i i can't wait to find out like what this temple looks like if we're going to actually go there uh because the cure for this curse the skeleton curse purely uh is in the temple and that's something that we find out because using uh briggsy's mask in the different areas the three different islands in the wilds uh you may notice that some of the areas are uh and, and i noticed this specifically on crooked masts when i went into one of the areas where i went to go dig up the chest on that on that area when i got there before i did anything with the mask i heard briggsy uh, the memory of briggsy have a sharp intake of air and i thought that was really weird i wasn't really sure like what was going on it didn't explain anything right until you get to the very end and this is spoilers so if you haven't done it stop now come back later because i'm going to dive into the spoilers of of the the lore here right um and i kind of already have so i apologize for that and and i might actually add something after the the yeah i might add something in the beginning of the show to kind of give you an idea that there's spoilers so i apologize if you're hearing this after the fact because you already know um the really interesting thing here is that the Sea of the Damned has the power to make memories um, real. 
And what's happened is the Briggsy's memories have brought back parts of the islands in the wilds from their dead state when she remembered them when they were in their live state. And it's really, really kind of crazy to think that memories or items that have strong memories uh, that are tied to the Sea of the Damned can then be areas that change uh, parts of the world based on the power of the Sea of the Damned. And the way that that was happening tied to um, the first adventure where the Dark Brethren who have been traversing between the Sea of the Damned and the Sea of Thieves were hunting for the cure for the skeleton curse. So because they were coming from the Sea of the Damned to the Sea of Thieves, they were how uh, the memories of the books that were left over by Briggsy, who was on the hunt for the skeleton curse, caused the areas in the wilds to come back to life. Really interesting stuff. And I love that. I love that they're, that it's because of the Dark Brother in court that, that areas of the wild are actually uh, coming back to life now. And as you kind of progress through this story, you start to learn more and more about this temple, the choice that the prince had to make, uh, the king that had to be, uh, that was in charge that he was trying to prove himself for, um, the spider who was uh, deceiving the, 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 the king from what I can tell. Um, who was close to the king and, you know, spreading lies and, and, and deception. Uh, and then the high priestess that um, kind of helps with the helps after the temple, like whatever that ritual is, uh, and, and then kind of how that is going to apply to the prince. And it's all tied to the ancients. Originally, I thought this was all like an, an, an analogy for Flameheart Jr., obviously trying to prove himself to his father. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Spider being the uh, the warsmith kind of talking to the king, being deceptive to the king, you know, and then it talked about the sacred temple with the choice that you have to make, and that being the reaper's lair with the tree down there. And then we got to the fox and the vixen. And the high priestess after the temple and then the the waterfall with a barrier to the sea of thieves and i was like oh man this really isn't this isn't about flameheart or flameheart jr it's it's really about the ancients and the story that was going on with them so now i really want to know what's going on with that story and i think they really need to bring this forward they really have to spell it out for folks so that they understand what's going on this adventure did a great job of giving you clues about what is going on in the story like what's going on with the ancients but then breezy sits there and actually just explains it and i really appreciate that because as a dumb person i love being just told what's going on for the most part i love figuring stuff out on my own because then it makes me feel smart but as a dumb person 100 i love the fact that briggsy just came out and said the temple is in the sea of the damned but where and that's when the uh that's when the the dark brethren court come into play and this is definitely spoiler so if you haven't if you haven't stopped now and you haven't played it i can't help you you should have stopped a while back um but we're moving forward because at the very end we get a fantastic uh situation where the dark brethren court use the staff they open a portal from the sea of the damned and someone who is titled as the warsmith but doesn't sound like the warsmith starts talking to the recently renewed ghost of Briggsy. And Briggsy, no longer a memory, uh, because we were dragging the mask to and from 
the different areas in the Sea of Thieves in the wilds where there was life again has been imbued by the power of the Sea of the Damned, which was nicely laid out by the Dark Brethren, uh, Warsmith. And now Briggsy has an opportunity to play a part in the story. Um, the Dark Brethren Court come in and this person titled Warsmith, who doesn't sound like the Warsmith, it sounds like a, a quote-unquote croaky version of the Warsmith, explains that the curse was their doing and that if they want to save Tasha, they can use a golden dragon egg or dragon ball uh, that was given to them to be able to stop or slow the actual curse from consuming Tasha. In exchange, Briggsy must now help hunt for the cure for the skeleton curse in the temple in the sea of the damned and that's that's uh, it's it's a really it was a really amazing moment for me to actually be like oh my god briggsy's back this is fantastic and then immediately have to watch her go off with the dark brother in court and know that they are in control of the situation right now they have they've been playing their hand perfectly they got tasha cursed They've been waiting for us to uh, find a way to get Briggsy to help um, uncover how to find a cure for the Skeleton Curse, the thing that the Dark Brethren want, because if they have the cure for the Skeleton Curse, they have one of the most powerful things that is uh, available. Now, Flameheart, in my mind, is not someone who, who wants to become a human. I think that them, them losing their humanity was ensuring that they would be in the Sea of Thieves in control forever. But I'm very curious to see, of all the different skeletons out there, if any of them would choose to become human again, like Briggsy wanted. So I, I'm, I'm very curious to see, like, who's going to bite into this apple if uh, if the Dark Brethren Court offer it up? And if the Dark Brethren Court offer it up, what's going to be the price for that? Is it allegiance? Is it power? Is it artifacts? Is it war? What are the Dark Brethren seeking in exchange for this curse that they are going to have in their hands, right? So all of this kind of comes together. Um, she leaves with the Dark Brethren court. You're left with a couple pages from the book uh, that that uh, Briggsy had that she didn't want the Dark Brethren to have. And those those pages are very interesting because they really do tell a story about what to expect in the temple, like what to expect with the actual temple. Um, and I was really happy to kind of see like how that was all kind of working out, like how they were going to actually um, um, tie this together because it's it's the breadcrumb trail for the next portion of the actual uh, game. So I was really, I was, I'm, I'm looking forward to just kind of seeing like how that actually works out because it's, it's a temple, it's underwater, there's going to be skeletons, it's a lot of danger. And that's kind of the next step forward as we're moving through into Adventure 12, uh, which is going to be called a, a Dark Deception. And it has the pirate lord kind of front and center and he looks very ponderous. It's very interesting to kind of see how that's going to go. Um, and I'm, and I'm, you know, you, you go back, you take the, the Golden Curse Cannonball to uh, Madame Olivia. She understands that it will help Tasha, but they're on a time limit. And they're just hoping that Briggsy will be able to find the cure for the Skeleton Curse and that uh, the Dark Brethren Court will help save Tasha, which I don't see them wanting to do at all. But we'll have to see. We'll have to kind of see how that goes. But outside of just the constellations, outside of 
just going and getting the keys, getting the chests, um, getting the pieces for the for the the compass. You also have a few opportunities to go with uh, the mask to explore around the world and see different memories from Briggsy. Briggsy actually kind of re recounts the tales of different parts of her life. One of them is with Tasha at the Unicorn Tavern. One of them is with Suds and finding a, a, a someone who's very close to her because she loves constellations and so does he. And while she loves to tell a good story about him, he's far more uh, accurate about kind of that kind of stuff. Or uh, finding Wild Rose and uh, her ending up being like the influence for how Rose ended up being so adventurous and stuff and being so gung-ho about things. Um, or the, the Shroud Breaker on uh, Crook's Hollow uh, and just kind of like having that amazing adventure of going to the Shores of Gold and what was she going to do when she got back with all that gold. Um, or the Homeward Dove, which was her first ship that she found on Thieves' Haven uh, that she stole. And just kind of like the, uh, you know, the beginning of her story out there. And it was really nice to have these being told to you. It wasn't something that was a journal that you had to find. And that was kind of what I was expecting when I first got into this adventure. I was thinking, okay, more journals, got to find them. And I ran around trying to find them when I first uh, got into doing the first, uh, the first playthrough of the adventure. And it wasn't until I got about halfway through the adventure where I was like, okay, I haven't seen any, any books at all. And usually they've been better about putting them like front and center so that people actually kind of stumble upon them naturally. But when I was actually looking at the deeds, that's when I realized I was like, oh, there's no there's no journals it's all just going to find the memories so i was like okay well i'm i'm beelining this right now because i want to try and actually get the the completion part of it done i'll go back later and do it again and then go back and get those original memories uh the additional memories and stuff like that um to get the title which if you don't know is the dark stargazer which is a fantastic title um and and the reward for doing just the mainline thing of this is to get the uh Briggsy's mask as a memento that you can put on your ship um I was kind of hoping that would be something that you could wear. I hunted in my in my clothing chests and stuff to see like where it was. And I was like, where the heck is this? It's not under beards. It's not under, um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what else we have. It wasn't, it wasn't under like masks or hats or anything like that. I was really trying to find out where the heck this thing was. And as I read it, it was like memento. And I was like, well, shoot. <laughs> I can't check this right now because I'm not on my captain's ship because I was just uh, running through it one more time to just see what was going on. Uh, so I haven't gotten a chance to place this yet on as a memento, um, if, if that's what it is. I could have swore that this was intended to be something you could wear. And if, and if I'm wrong about this, if it is something that you can wear... Uh, please feel free to write in, let me know like what it's under so I can check and make sure that I actually have credit for it because I, I did everything. I just haven't found it yet, which is kind of a bummer because I was really hoping I'd be able to find it. So I forgot where I was going with this. I had a point. Oh, but the memories. Yeah. So not having journals is amazing. I love it. I think it's a great way to tell story. It really speaks to Rare trying to make this world a lot more uh, alive, that things are happening, that you're experiencing them. You're not just thumbing through them. Um, the trouble comes in, as always, with how does this get logged? How does this get 
conveyed. This is going to have to be something that is YouTube videos for people to watch later on. And I'm really hoping that Rare is able to uh, uh, do something to help try and surface these videos because we didn't get a traditional cinematic trailer this time. We got a half breed or half breed, half bright. Yeah. Yeah, no half breed. Why does that word sound weird? It's late. I think that's what it is. Um, we got a, no, it's not half breed. It's hybrid. That's the word I was looking for. We got a hybrid between a cinematic and a gameplay uh, trailer. And I think they actually did a really good job while I do miss the full cinematics. Um, I think that they're looking to change things up. I think a lot of people weren't engaging the way they were hoping to with these cinematic trailers. I also think something about them being on Monday was kind of tough because uh, I never got to really talk about them in the in the actual uh, podcast, which, as you know, is, is obviously the main way people experience stuff. No, um, I, I, I do have to say I really did kind of miss the cinematics. I think that, that they do a really good job with the cinematics. Having the gameplay in there, though, to kind of clue you into what you what you're going to be doing in this actual adventure. I did actually really enjoy that, though. I, I thought it was a great way to kind of give me a bit of a, a head start going into this adventure, knowing what I was going to have to work on. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of the goal, right? Like at the end of the day, they want people to know that their story, they want people to know that the story is tied to stuff that you do in game and they want people to engage with it. So uh, from what I've from what I've learned um, from here on out, they're going to have these kind of hybrid cinematics with uh, gameplay. The videos are going to launch the same day that the adventure goes live so that people have a good idea on you know, you see the trailer, you see the cinematic, you see the video and you're like, and it's out now. So that's kind of what you can expect. So that way, if there's ever a delay uh, between the four days that there are between like when the trailer drops and when the actual adventure goes, then at least people aren't sitting there like, oh, well, the, the trailer's out and it said it was supposed to be out on this day, but it's not available. What's going on? And then they have to wonder, you know, why isn't the adventure available? So I kind of understand that too. Um, it's just a change and I just got to get used to that change and it's not a big deal. So I'm glad that they are finding, iterating, changing, doing things to try and make sure that this game is reached by as many people, that people are, are uh, finding content and enjoying content at the same time. Um, and overall, really, I, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to see what's going to happen with the next adventure. I think this was one of their best adventures so far. It's definitely in the top five for me. Um, and I really just love that they're doing different things. They're willing to play around with how the world works or how the world is perceived and giving players the agency to do that. I love the mask. I think it's a great mechanic. Please consider doing that with a lot of other stuff. Um, I just wish that there was a way that I could use the mask and just like if I could equip the mask and just be able to see that naturally, I think that would have been really cool. But I also 100% recognize that that is a terrible idea and they shouldn't have done it because there are going to be times where you're trying to, to, to grab something or move something or see something in the distance and you can't. And then you have to go and like unequip the mask from the chest in your ship and it's like no that's no don't do that that's a terrible idea so i'm glad that they that they came up with the one that they did 
it is a quest item you can't lose it it's not a physical object that you can drop in the water so they've done some really strong moves with the adventures to really kind of make sure that a lot of them are fail safe and i don't think they get enough credit for that i really don't think they get enough credit for just how fail safe a lot of the adventures are there are obviously times where you could run into issues like if you have two crews doing it at the same time uh, i was doing it last night with a on a sloop alone and a brig was chasing me and I stopped because I heard them like calling out to me and I was like, hey, are you guys working on the adventure? They're like, nah, we're just messing with people. And I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't want to mess up your adventure if you guys are working on the adventure because I'm working on the adventure right now. So I don't really have anything. You're welcome to the supplies that I have if you want those. So, you know, take those. And they did. They I gave them some chain shots and they went off and, and had some more fun. I hope those guys ended up getting a lot of treasure that night. Um, but I, I think that's the only main concern is, is that if another crew is running around digging stuff up that you might inadvertently mess up their adventure if they're too close uh, by doing it yourself. I don't know how well that works, but they've done a really good job, a really, really good job doing these adventures. And I think now that we've kind of been through, you know, the last 10 adventures, Rare's got a pretty good idea on what works, what doesn't work. Obviously, Hunter's Cry did not work as intended. This one works really well as intended. And I hope that they continue to move forward with this one, with the one that we had with uh, Stitcher Jim as the flame. Uh, uh, I don't, Ashen Lord. God, I don't know why it's so hard sometimes. Uh, and see where we can go. Like, see what we can do. I can't wait to find out what's going to happen with the Sea of the Damned. I really, 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 really want to go to the Sea of the Damned again and have like a new experience. God, if it's like a giant temple though, oh, that would be so cool. I'm thinking like, Legend of the Hidden Temple. I want to fight like, you know, ancients in there. I want traps. I want like torches. I want like a giant boulder rolling down a, a, a corridor that I have to run past and avoid. You know, I want some, I want some cool temple stuff. I want some Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Doom kind of stuff. You know, like I want to see a dude rip another dude's heart out of a thing and then bring him in a bunch of lava and watching his heart combust in in the dude's hand like man i want some cool stuff like that can we have some cool stuff like that rare is that what this is going to be is that what the the dark deception is going to be because that would be fantastic i i want that adventure um i think that's going to do it though i think i've talked enough about this uh i'll have to remember to put a spoiler in at the beginning of the episode to let people know that as soon as i start talking about the adventure all bets are off so if you haven't done it hold off it's the first weekend, so I don't blame people for not wanting to get spoiled on this if they haven't listened to it. But I hope you guys are having a fantastic time with it. Um, before I go, I asked for your thoughts on this. So let's get some thoughts on both adventures and PvP. I put out a tweet earlier today asking for people's thoughts on PvP and adventures. I want to thank everyone who responded or had time or noticed it. Uh, Evil Monkey started off and says, uh, where do pirate babies come from? I haven't been able to find out yet, but I'm pretty sure it is a combination of bananas, cursed cannonballs, and Old Faithful Island. Um, but I'm, I'm, I haven't been able to work it out quite yet, but I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Uh, Ghostboy20 also says, uh, the adventure was amazing from the mask and the stars to the story itself. As for PVP, been seeing a lot of hackers being shown, which Rare should address. I agree. And then uh, Gardner Film 
over on Twitter or Andrew Gardner wrote in says, as an Aussie player, the new matchmaking fixes have changed the game. It was completely broken and almost unusable. It no longer is. I had an evening of consistent matches on Saturday. My thoughts are that Andrew Preston and the team deserve massive props and thanks, which I agree. They've done a fantastic job addressing concerns when they come up and making sure that there are regular changes to the uh, to the game to try and make sure that that experience is a lot better. It's a lot nicer and that people aren't having such a hard time with it. Additionally, I also got, uh, so ghostboy 20 also wrote in, I asked for, uh, uh, emails and, and sure enough, folks came in with emails. Um, so, uh, ghostboy 20 says, hello, captain Logan. My name is ghostboy 20 and I'm one of your Patreon users. Oh, I know. Uh, I wanted to send you an email on season eight and some things for gold hoarders to discuss. So, uh, season eight, and adventures have been fun. I'm looking forward to the newest one. However, I feel after the adventure is done, your options on what to do next are limited. Uh, while there is a lot to do in the game from tall tales to world events and now PVP on demand, yet I have seen for, for some time now, fewer people doing world events. When I returned after a long break doing ha uh, due to having no internet, I came back to a lot of changes and an event that lasted a long time called Fortnite's, uh, Fortnite Fridays. Every Friday, anyone handing in stronghold, gold, or stronghold loot got extra gold, which made Skull Forts and the Fort of the Damned more active with players wanting that extra gold. That's what helped me get to Pirate Legend. That soon left when seasons came in. Fortnite's uh, Fridays left and new world event arrived in the form of the Fort of the Fortune, which was a really cool world event and still is. The only event that is active right now is Gold Rush between set times. Looking into the past events they had like Fortnite Fridays, were champion of the souls with skeletons being hunted and ashen winds being brought to the order reapers versus the world which was uh which would be a cool event for athena calling uh calling for weekend events for any reaper or athena fighters handing in flags would get extra gold and some rep to the faction of your choice Ashen, Expedi or Ashen Expeditions was another event that I saw that I think should be left in the game. The roar is always left alone and dead a lot of the time, and the only uh, and only a handful of people ever go there. Ashen Expeditions would be a great way to bring player or people to the roar. More gold for Ashen items, and you can get a lot in the roar or an Ashen Winds event. Small events like this for weekend play or even during the week as Ashen Expeditions were on Tuesdays, I feel these would bring world events and areas of the map would bring players back to those areas who are wanting extra gold earned and to work on their commendations. I would like to know if I'm the only one that feels this way. I hope everyone has a great weekend and week or a good week and a good weekend. So this is going to be the preview for the next episode that is the Gold Hoarders. Next week, we're going to be doing the patron Gold Hoarder episode. This is your homework, patrons. If you're going to be showing up on the weekend for that recording, I would love to hear your thoughts, not only on the adventure and your PvP experiences, but what do you think about different events? The limited time events um, or the regular events have been lackluster. It's been Gold Hour. That's been the easy one. 
I would love to hear some feedback on this. I'm going to save my thoughts for next week as well, too. So thank you to GhostBoy20 for writing in. If you'd like to do so, you can also do so. Write to CaptLogan, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com for the show. Um, that's the, I don't have a, I don't know why I didn't do it, but I should have done a keelhauled podcast at gmail.com thing. I didn't, I did Captain Logan. So that's the, that's the email for the show. Uh, send your emails in there. If you want, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. My DMs are open if you have conversation pieces that you want to talk about. Or if you just want to reply, that's that works as well, too. I'm also in the Discord as well, too. So if you head over to the show notes, you'll have a link to the Discord server. You can join up and chat with other people there. Uh, the Sherpas are still going on, but they are definitely looking to help pirate people get to Pirate Legend. So if you're not Pirate Legend and you want Pirate Legend status, the Sherpas are there to help you with that. They're also there to help you with um, anything that you'd like to learn as far as like how to run a ship, best practices for digging up treasure, how to do different voyages. They're there as a source of information and assistance. So feel free to head over there. You'll see a, a whole category for Sherpas. Um, you can talk to them and set up a, a voyage uh, or a sale to be able to get more information and learn about Sea Thieves. And I think that's going to do it, Pirates. So if you guys had a good time, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Um, I look forward to talking with everyone on the upcoming Patreon podcast uh, that's going on next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 8 p.m. Is it 8 p.m.? I think it's 8. No. 9 p.m. GMT. I can't remember. Uh, but I hope you guys all have a fantastic week. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. So thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. adventure yeah do you like laughing uh, yeah would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember um excellent you're going to love committee quest we play D&D in the world of Ameren we use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community we also have a sweet synthwave backing track come and join us on our adventure volume one has been completed volume two coming the end of january you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters and story of cyberpunk available on itunes spotify google play and anywhere else you get your podcasts